You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we've got a very special guest this week. And if you've been listening to the podcast a while, you follow me um, for a while, you'll know that I'm obviously Australian and I'm also a super passionate Australian as well. Love my country, love my culture. Uh, and most of the people we interview on this show are usually from the other side of the world, you know, usually uh, American based. So this week I've got someone that's at least based in Australia. It's maybe debatable whether she's Australian or or she's from the UK. I consider her Australian. We'll see what she considers herself, but I'm going to claim her anyway. She lives in Perth. She's been here 15, 20 years. She's pretty much Australian, if not completely Australian. A little bit about this person. She's the host of the Courses That Connect podcast, the place where she helps people turn their expertise into an online course. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast now, chances are you listen to podcasts. So I'd recommend straight away, press pause on this, go over and subscribe to to Lisa's podcast there because it is a good one. She's also an admin of the Facebook group, the Course Creators Club. I'll put the link down in the show notes so you can click and and join that group there. Uh, She's a teacher. She's a launch coach. She's a fast-talking Gemini like myself. I'm a 9th of June guy here. Uh, So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only, my fellow Australian, Ms. Lisa Kenebi. Lisa, how are you? Hello, Jono. Thank you so much for having me today. And congratulations, fellow Gemini. I'm excited. <laughs> put, yes. your, put your seatbelts on, everyone. This is going to be a fast-talking podcast. It will. Let's get one thing out of the way. Australian or UK or a bit of both? <laughs> bit of both. <laughs> I'm a hybrid. So um, roots are in the UK, but home is in Australia. So 16 years and um, it very much feels like home here. Can't imagine ever living back, you know, back in the UK. But um, yeah, we, we obviously miss family over there for sure. Yeah, similar. Well, sort of similar to myself. I, I've got to call myself a Greek Australian just by the name. Never lived in Greece, never born in Greece, but you know, with a, with a surname like mine, I've got to say I'm I'm Greek Australian, but I'm I'm pretty much Australian. <laughs> anyways, Lisa, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? I sure have. So this this is um, a quote that came to me when I was twelve years old. Um, and it's super simple. So just a couple of years ago, so about five, <laughs> five or six years ago, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's know thyself, the Socrates quote. Um, so basically, that was inscribed as a gift um, from my father to me when I was twelve, when he gave me my horoscope. So my dad was an astrologer. Um, that wasn't his main occupation. That was obviously his interest. And um, I had my natal chart gifted to me as a, a Christmas present when I was 12. And inside was the know thyself quote. And I've literally lived my life by that every day, every year. So yeah, that is very much my mantra. Yes, love it. I'm a, I'm a huge Socrates fan myself, a fellow wog, you know, a fellow Greek. So I, I'll respect him. And <laughs> yeah, I feel once you once you know know thyself, like everything else becomes easier, right? Every decision becomes easier. You know whether something's going to be for you or against you. So I, I love that there. Um, Lisa, I've been following you for a while. I listen to your podcast. I'm in your Facebook group, so I know what it is you do. But if anyone's listened to this podcast and they haven't heard of you before, let us know. In a nutshell, what is it you do and, and how did you get into it? 
fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, so I help coaches, speakers and authors to unpack their genius and then turn their superpower into an online course that scales for them. So it really is about putting more of them in their business and finding what that unique skill is so they can share that medicine with the world. Yes, love that. And you do that via coaching, via an online course yourself. How do you help people? Yeah, in both of those um, ways. So uh, one-to-one coaching, um, combination of like a contained space for people to develop their skills through group programs. So with an online course, I've got like a self-paced course, but I, I find that the best outcomes always come from having that space where people are held. So um, the course is complemented then with a coaching program that goes along with it. So yeah, across all of those avenues. Awesome. I'll put the links down in the, the show notes as well. And if you're interested, you listen to this podcast, you're like, oh, Lisa's pretty cool. Uh, go and check over what she does. I'll put all her links in the, the show notes. Now, Lisa, what I was hoping to speak about today is mainly mindset. Huge part of any business, right? Especially in the course creator space. Like you can have everything else going for you. You can have the best platform. You can, you know, read all the books on on social media and, and sales, but if your mindset's not in order, chances are you won't be successful. And on the flip side, you know, if your mindset's in order, you're going to find a way to be successful. You're going to obviously need the tactics as well, but you know, it's just going to be so much easier. So I was hoping to hand it over to you from here. And what can you tell us if a course creator is listening to this and maybe they know it's their mindset getting in the way, maybe they don't know it's their mindset getting in the way. What are some tips that we can help them there? I'm going to hand it over to you and, and let you do your thing. And I'll, I'll chime in if I've got any insights. Ah, oh, thank you. That's so awesome. So I always um, think that when it comes to our mindset, we often are completely misguided in that we think it's skill set that's holding us back. So if we're coaching, we're successfully working with our clients and we really would love to do an online course and we think, I don't know where to start. I don't have the skills, but actually the skills are really quite straightforward. They're just a simple set of steps, but it's the mindset stuff that holds us back. So I tend to think that it's um, really 80% mindset, 20% skill set. And that's why as, a, as I've evolved in that course creator space in terms of my own journey, but also helping others create their courses, I've realized that, you know, like I talked about unpacking people's genius and finding the superpower. My superpower is holding the space to keep you out of your own way so that you can actually enact on the skill set because the skill set's there. Um, we can find, you know, lots of different people delivering that. But the reality is if you can recognize that mindset is what is going to be your absolute key. And like you said, in any aspect of business, that's going to be the thing that's going to be the difference between actually taking action and getting your course out there um, and riding the roller coaster of launching or sitting back and procrastinating and worrying and, and not feeling ready. So, yeah, so that's where I'm so passionate about mindset and, um, you know, how that impacts. I don't know if you found it yourself as a, as a course creator that, you know, certain there's things that come up, whether you see that in your clients um, or, or in your own behavior, but I definitely think there's a few things I see regularly. So for instance, imposter syndrome, and this sounds like, so I'm going to give them a name and then I'm going to tell you what it kind of sounds like, because 
imposter syndrome usually um, sounds like um, thinking I'm not expert enough. I'm not, um, I can't be an authority in this space. Who am I to say this thing? Or I need another qualification before I do my course. And really all of that comes back down to, to questioning your own level of expertise. And we can pretty much bunch that into imposter syndrome. Okay. Do you see much of that in your community or yes. have you? Yes, heaps. Community, friends, you know, yeah. fitness, because my background's in the fitness industry, that as well, clients. So let, let's spend, spend a minute there, Lisa, because I think this is a good one where a lot of people listening to this are probably like, oh, shit, that's me, you know. Do I know enough? These people are there, you know. Um, there's more experienced people doing this, more qualified people doing this, you know, who am I? How do we work around that? What do we do? What's the, some tips or some strategies we can use? Yeah, sure. Well, I think, like you say, often that also looks like comparing yourself to others and thinking that someone, you know, bigger, better is out there with a gazillion followers and, and you know, they're, they're making it and you can't. So I think um, the first thing with this is to really, you know, settle into who you are because, mm. like, if you take um, that on faith that we are um, 20% skill set, 80% mindset in what we do, then just because others are teaching the skill set doesn't mean that you aren't going to be able to help people shift in the mindset because the mindset is about identifying with your teacher. Um, I don't know if you've heard the expression that um, students learn teachers. Used to be years ago, it would be boys learn teachers, right? So I come from a teaching background and we would always um, learn that mantra, boys learn teachers. I would actually expand that and say students learn teachers, not subjects. So if you think you're all about the subject, which is often where our fear of not being expert enough begins I don't know enough I need the qualification have I been in the industry long enough it's actually nothing to do with the subject the subject you do need to have some skills and expertise in to help to be able to lead others in that space but as long as you're two to three steps ahead of the people you're leading then we're well away but it's the the space you hold for mindset and that usually comes through even if you're not consciously thinking, I hold this special space around mindset, it's around your personality and about that secret source of being you. And once you know what's unique about you and that amazing talent that you bring to the game, that other people are just not going to be, you know, you are uniquely you with your package of skills, experience, personality, buzz, whatever it is. That's what makes people want to work with you. And, you know, that's the whole thing of learning the teacher. It's your personality that will enable someone to go from, um, you know, maybe I've had people done, I mean, Amy Porterfield's courses, they've worked with Grace Lever, but they've not been able to break through something. And then they come to work with me and I'm the right secret source for them. So it's just around knowing that you do have something super special there and unpacking that and believing in that. Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Now. 
Yes. Wow. Okay. So much good bits of information there. Let me um, <laughs> <laughs> let me break this down because I think I feel like you could just pause if you've got uh, imposter syndrome, you could just pause this and just watch this five times and take notes and and solve all of that. But I think there's some really good points there. Um, let's even start with just the simplest. So, okay, you only need to be two or three steps in front. And I might give some fitness analogies here as well because a lot of this sort of stuff works well um, with people that want to get fit and fitness coaches and that too. So we can use the example of, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know who he is, right? You know Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool, <laughs> awesome. So let's just say, you know, my mom wants to lose a few kilos, right? Is she better off going to Arnold Schwarzenegger or is she better off going on to some, maybe a, a woman who's the similar age of her that's been through a similar journey and she can relate to more, right? Not saying that woman is a better personal trainer than Arnold Schwarzenegger or has more qualifications or, you know, has more experience. No, they don't. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be better for my mum there, for whatever it, it may be. Let's use the um, let's use the Amy Porterfield example. Both me and Lisa are in that space there. It could even be a matter of of something. I'm not saying this is right, but it could be a matter of someone's like, oh, well, she's in America. You know, it's easy to do it if you're in America. I'm in Australia. Do these things work in Australia? Well, hold on. Lisa's doing these things in Australia and it's working. Jono's doing these things in Australia as well. You know what? I might go to, to one of these people here, you know? Um, it could even be the specific system. You know, okay, cool. You know, Amy Amy Porterfield teaches a, a launch type of system. Okay, maybe, you know, Lisa teaches a, a membership site system or, or whatever it may be. There's just so many differences in there, which I think is important. And then just the personality side of things. You know, it's like, I don't know anyone that every single person in the world likes even if you're the most likable person in the world, someone's going to have a dig at you, you know? You're too serious or you're too funny or you know, whatever it may be, someone will have a dig. So instead of being like, oh, I can never be like that, cool. Let's use – an example might be um, Instagram Reels. You know, there's a lot of, lot of um, business coaches dancing in Instagram Reels, you know? I could never do that. So, you know, if you're tossing up, you're like, well, hold on, you know, Amy Porterfield, she dances in Instagram reels, you know, she's got that side of things. Oh, I'll feel a bit uncomfortable if I try and be her and dance in reels. Oh, hold on. Here's another system where I don't need to do that. So I think that in, in a nutshell, you, you nailed it with settle into who you are, you know, and it goes back to your first quote as well. Know thyself. Like once you've got that, everything is so much easier. And then even the confident side of things as well. Once you know who you are, if someone's like, well, Lisa, why should I go with you and not Amy Porterfield? could be like, well, you can go with Amy Porterfield. That's fine. You know, she's great. She does amazing things. Here's me. Here's what I'm good at. If you like that, go with that. If you don't, see you later, bye. There's a million other courses out there. It's just yes. so much easier frame to go in. Would, would, would that summarize some of what you said there? Absolutely. And I think um, I love the way you give examples, especially like you say, the 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 reels example really resonates with me because I am so not a dancing um, person on reels. Now, I would lose um, followers if I did that. I'll tell you now. <laughs> exactly. And it's about, it's, it's that sinking into who you are. And I know that when I first started in my business was about over five years ago now, I very much had that, you know, like we all probably have that imposter syndrome. And I was always looking for validation outside of myself, like the next qualification or the acceptance of this. And and soon after several experiences of doing those qualifications and thinking this would give me that sense of permission to be who I am and, and own that space, it, it really was, you know, that self-awareness that it actually all comes back to just the more successful I was, was when I was really sinking into who I am and grounding in 
me and allowing more of that to shine through. And once I realized that, oh, you can be quirky, you can be you, you don't have to try and look like other people. That's so um, liberating Mm -hmm. and also a little bit scary because it's like, wow, now I really have to, you know, like just kind of fill up on who I am and be unafraid to go out there and share it. So yeah, all of those things you said, fantastic examples. Love it. I want to piggyback even further still, because this stuff really relates with me in my first business when I was running a a fitness boot camp. I had some similar experiences where I was super insecure about running my boot camp. Because if you look at me, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest guy, I'm not the strongest guy, I'm not the fastest guy, I don't have looks like a supermodel or anything like that. And I thought, oh, that's what you need to be successful, right? Yeah. And then I heard this one quote. This is one of my favorite quotes ever, which is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Oh, and I, I was, love it. And I was like, hold on, maybe I can't be the 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 muscliest guy or the best looking guy, but you know what? Maybe I can care more than anyone else. Maybe that could be my superpower, you know? I'm just going to be that person that cares more than anyone else. And then as soon as I implemented that into my business, I skyrocketed. Nothing my and I was actually more qualified than most people. I was an exercise physiologist, but I still yeah. sucked as a personal trainer because I wasn't, you know, um uh, looking into my own side of things. So it was like, you know what? That's who I am. I'm a guy that cares, you know, let me show that. And then there was actually a a, a rival boot camp down the road from an Olympic Games gold medalist. Lauren Eagle, I don't know if you know her. Probably shouldn't have mentioned her name. That's right. You don't know her anyway. Most people (laughs) listening won't know her anyway. Um, But she ran a local boot camp. She was an Olympic gold medalist. My boot camp was busier because I was using my superpower there. So I think that's important. And then the other thing that I realized as well when I was running this fitness boot camp is there's so many different forms of fitness, right? Some of them you like, some of them you don't like, some of them other people. It's just, it's unlimited. And I tried to sort of cater for what was popular. But when I was like, you know what, hold on, I'm just going to run the fitness session that I like doing, that I like training as a, t- as, a, as a trainer and that I like doing myself. And what happened from there is heaps of people left because they didn't like that style. That's fine. But then heaps of people stayed and stayed with me for life because they liked that style. And then more people came in and it was just the best experience ever because it's like, yeah. man, I'm just doing what I love every single day. And everyone around me also loves doing this as well. There's no better feeling. So I, I love that you you brought that up. Yeah, and that whole niching, you know, in effect, that's what you've just described. <laughs> yep. Um, it's very daunting because, like, you do have this desire to be available for everyone, mm. and especially if you are a caring person who wants to help. Mm. Which you know, ninety nine percent of entrepreneurs are driven by that need to make change and, and help. Um, then you feel like you're not helping by not being available to everyone, but in fact, the opposite is true. Mm. Um, the more honed you become on who you are and who you help and how you do that, um, and stand out for something um, different, the more more you know popular and, and more magnetic almost you become bang on and, and also i think it's better for yourself as the business but also better for the business world like let's say we could let's just use me and lisa as an example generically right let's say i'm a membership site guy you know hey your first course should be a membership site right once you've got that mastered then go and do a course that's my style right anyone that comes to me and doesn't want to do that i can try and help them and change my whole system around or i could be like hey that's cool we don't want to do it no dramas go and speak to Lisa. She's the expert at that side of things. And then mm. it could be the other side as well. Someone's like, oh, Lisa, I want to do a membership site. It's like, ah, I'm more a course guy. Hey, go and see Jono. You know, he recommends yes. doing that there. It's a win-win because it's like 
instead of me trying to do everything, instead of Lisa trying to do everything, great, we've just got one thing that we can be the best in the world at. Cool. You know, someone wants that thing. Great. Go to us and get the best service in the world. You don't. Great. Go to the other person. And it should end out equal anyway. You know, it should be like for everyone that, that you're saying, hey, sorry, I can't help you go and see this person. There's someone else sending people your way as well. So I think it works better with the ecosystem. Yeah. In fact, interesting you say that because I've just, you know, over the last 18 months started helping people with courses in general and then realized that actually my gift is helping people with signature programs because Mm. I'm coming from that education background. I'm all about that student experience. Now, I know we all are about our student experience, but often that means adding group coaching. Mm. And I'm a huge fan of that extra layer of support. But when you're doing a $27 program, like a a tiny offer, you're not adding group coaching into that. So I just find that, um, yeah, that's, that's where I've, I've just done exactly that, which is to say, yeah, I'm actually all about the signature programs. And as much as I'm fascinated by all those other courses, that's not my zone of genius to operate in. Yes. Love it. Awesome. All right. Imposter syndrome done. You listening to this, you can't use that anymore. Just watch this over and over again until you're over it. What are some other mindset issues we see, Lisa? So the other ones that come up in particular are overwhelm. So people just stop taking, and this kind of links into procrastination as well. So we get overwhelmed and we've got so many moving parts in terms of thinking about creating or launching our course that we just sink and it just feels like I don't even know where to start because I've got all these pieces moving and I think that overwhelm then can lead to that procrastination which is where like I don't know where to start so I'm not going to start and so you actually have all the steps um, but you're just not taking action on them and and often you're putting it in the diaries you think time is the issue so I'm not spending enough time so I'll schedule appointments with myself and then you constantly break those appointments to yourself so you just or you're you're you know procrastinating scrolling um you know whatever it is that means that you are avoiding doing those those online course creation activities or launch activities and I think that that's that's a really big one. And um, I don't know about you, but I still get hit with, you know, the overwhelm and the procrastination. But it's it's about, so I, I think this is one that never goes away. Same as imposter syndrome, next level, next devil. You always have that sense of, aha, I'm feeling imposter syndrome again. But um, I think with the overwhelm and procrastination, you it keeps coming up. So it's one that you want to really find some good tools to manage. Um, so for me with imposter syndrome or not procrastination and overwhelm I tend to have a couple of steps one is I really like us to start observing when it's happening because often we don't even know it's happening we just get ourselves in a tiz so suddenly I'm I'm all over the place my desk is um, covered in bits of paper everywhere I've got 20 million tabs open and I'm up and down from my desk every five minutes and I'm like now I want to start observing physical things in my body that are happening so maybe I'm breathing faster or I'm more agitated or I'm I'm going to the cupboard every five minutes looking for something to eat whatever it is that we're using as these little buffers um also then looking at what's happening in my world. So in work terms, procrastination and overwhelm often leads to, for me, lots of dipping in and out of multiple things at once. Like, oh, let's answer an email. Let's check next week's calendar. Let's quickly respond to this. Let's just post on Facebook. Let's do a Canva thing. So it's bang, bang. And I suddenly feel very scattered and I'm 
what I'd like people to do if they're recognizing this is to observe when that's happening. So start to become really self-aware around when is this kicking in? What am I avoiding? And then, you know, the next question is asking why. Why am I doing this? What's coming up for me? So either why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I procrastinating? And um, asking, I sometimes use that technique, the five whys. So like, it's it's super simple, but you kind of drill down into why that's going, what that's going on. And often it can be, you know, sometimes overwhelm is literally about just your, you've got yourself into a chaotic state and you've come off track in terms of you've got a, a thing you want to do and you've moved away from it. And then we'd go back two steps and think, why did you get off track? Because sometimes the thing we stopped doing on our plan was the thing that actually just makes us super uncomfortable or feel really vulnerable or feel afraid. And so really it comes back to a fear of what we had to do. Um, other times procrastination, I think, can be, I don't know about you, but as a Gemini, I get bored very quickly. Yes. So it's a constant battle to stay connected to the vision. So when I'm having to do the the boring bits of, of the job, which are they are there, I've, I'll procrastinate on that. And that will then stop me getting my things done that I want to launch. But I have to come back to what's the vision for this? Reconnect to the why. Because boredom procrastination is about not being connected enough to your why. So, yeah, so that's that's those two that come up there and sort of getting really clear around what's going on and observing yourself, checking in with why, and then looking at, you know, how you can unpack what's, what's at the root cause of that. Yes. No, love it. I'll, I'll piggyback there. I love the observing and knowing when you're overwhelmed. So one of my strengths is actually time management. And still regularly I'll get overwhelmed and I actually get bad headaches. But mm. now I've realized it. It's like, man, why am I, why have I got this bad headache? Then I'm like, oh, it's because I'm overwhelmed. I'm trying to do a million freaking things at once. Let me just simplify it. Okay. What's my goal? Okay. This is my goal. What's the one thing I can do to get me closer to my goal? It's going to be that thing there. Great. All this other crap, I'm going to put it to the side. It's got to be done, but it doesn't have to be right now. As long as I do that one thing that's going to bring me closer to my goal, it just brings it a lot clearer. It gets rid of a lot of overwhelm, but it still helps me with that focus where it's like, okay, I'm not, it's not like nothing's getting done. It's like, okay, this one most important thing is getting done. So I think that's important there. Uh, I love the five whys. I'm a big, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. Do you listen to Tony Robbins much? Yeah, I love Tony Robbins. Cool. So the best course that I've ever done is Tony Robbins' time management course. Oh, wow. Yeah, amazing. Best thing ever. It's affordable as well, maybe two, three hundred US dollars. It's on audio CDs. Right? No way. That's, yeah. So all it is, I had to, I bought it. I had to get, I had to, because my laptop doesn't have CDs, you know, I had to get some converter on eBay so I could plug it in and listen to the CDs. But it's literally the, the best thing ever. Like time, his time management is is amazing. And just a couple of the, his, his major strategy is, all right, what's your goal? What's your life goal? Why mm-hmm. do you want that life goal? Why do you want that? And I'll use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. So my goal, what do you, let me have a look at my goal board up here. Let me think of the best way to describe it. All right, cool. So um, my goal, to simplify it, my goal is to pay off my property. So I've got investment properties. My goal is, is to pay them all off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, why do you want to pay them off? Okay, well, I want to pay them off to be financially free. Okay, why do you want to be financially free? Okay, well, look, if I've got this amount of dollars, 
I can live the lifestyle that I'm living at the moment without having to work. And then, you know, any money I make from work, okay, great. You know, then I can do, you know, um, other stuff with it. Okay. Why do you want to do that? And then if you keep going deeper and deeper and deeper, you know, it, it dives in. I just get really specific. Okay, cool. This is exactly what I want to do. And then Mm -hmm. once I visualize that, I can't wait to work. I don't care if it's the most boring task in the world. I'm just so motivated. And then it'll go down. It'll be like, all right, cool. So the first thing I need to do is pay off this one home loan. How do I pay off that one home loan? Well, I need to make X amount of sales in this business here. Okay, how do I make X amount of sales in this business here? Okay, here's the next thing I got to do. And it just, it just, it brings it so much clearer. So any of the listeners I'd recommend have a clear goal, get down to your five whys, put it up on your wall. And then it's just, it's so much easier to, to overcome that. Yeah. So I, I love that. Any insights there, Lisa? Yeah, well, absolutely. Like you say, that connection to your vision, but mm. drilling down into it. Cause often we have like yeah. a big or a vision statement, but um, it doesn't have heart meaning, you know, yeah. like it doesn't make, it doesn't resonate inside in a feelings way. Yeah. And we have to feel super connected to feel motivated to take, to do the hard things or to do the boring things or to just keep going when, you know, you're not always seeing the instant rewards that you might like to see. So I think that's it. That's really those five wires. And I love the way you express that with drilling that down into, you know, from your vision right back into the, the why of why am I doing this today um yeah really motivating and empowering and so if you are hitting those overwhelm or procrastination walls those are the techniques that you can tap into and um super simple as well yes agree okay you got one more for us lisa we've spoken about imposter syndrome we've spoken spoken about overwhelm and, and procrastination you got one more common thing you see I would say the biggest thing I hear is um, I don't have time. Mm. So we are so, um, we throw this one around a lot. We throw it around all the time, you know, regardless of where we are in our journey. But often, uh, especially if we're quite busy with our one-to-one work and we really know we want to change our business model to have that more passive income stream coming in and have it through a course or a membership. And, um, but we're quite, we are busy in our work. So we're saying, I don't have time because we, that's how it feels. But really, I think I don't have time is I'm not making this a priority. Mm. And when we change the, the language and say, instead of saying, I don't have time saying, oh, I'm not making that a priority today. It's the same with like exercising. Yeah. You know, I'm not making my health a priority <laughs> today. Yeah. I'm not going to make my eating a priority today. <laughs> and it's like, really? It really gives you a little pinch. It's like a wake up call around. Hello. Is that? And then you go back to that vision of what do you really want and why do you want it? And then it's like, well, actually I need to prioritize time. So time's such a, uh, you know, it's one I, like I say, whenever I have, course creators uh, coming to me and we're sort of asking those open forum questions time is always the battle and I just think that it's almost the easiest one to win because it's really just a perception of mm. your priorities I love that one because yeah it brings me back to the fitness world that's without and that, that was you you win every time in fitness with that objection handle it's like oh, I don't have time okay you know so what, what I'm hearing you say is um, your fit, health and fitness isn't a priority is that right <laughs> <laughs> and it's like it's funny because my mum always uses that one you know 
She's like, nah, I don't have time to exercise. Well, what do you do all day, Ma? Well, I've got to do the cleaning. I've got to do the washing. I've got to do the ironing. Okay. So are you saying that the ironing is more important than your fitness? Is, is that what you, your own <laughs> ironing is more important than your health? Is that what you're telling me? You know, she gets a bit angry and I can be a bit cheeky because yeah. it's my mum. But really, like, it's, it's true. You know, like everyone's got the same 24 hours. It's just, what are you doing those 24 hours? And, and how much do you want it? I'll, I'll use another example. Um, okay. I'll use. I'm just going to say my friend because I don't want to say any names, right? So mm-hmm. I've got this friend, same same argument, and I use that argument on her. I'm like, hey, you know, everyone's got the same amount of time. And she's like, well, not really because, you know, some people have got more to do in that time. She goes, let's say, for example, she's got a friend. So she's like, hey, I've got this friend. Um, she's married to a guy. That guy's super rich. So, you know, she only has to work part-time. So she's got more time to exercise than I have. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, depends how you look at it, right? Like, you know, you're living in a one bedroom or you're living in a, an apartment on your own in the middle of Sydney, right? Do you need to do that? You know, maybe if you you got a roommate, well, what was I talking about? Well, maybe it was the money argument where it was like, um, oh, I've almost stuffed up this story. But either way, it'll still work. It'll still, it'll still work, <laughs> right? Still, like you said, we're deluding ourselves, basically. It, we're exactly. giving ourselves an excuse and, and wrapping up the real the real issue, which is I'm not prepared to invest in myself or prioritize myself. It's really a a permission issue, isn't it? That's it. And I remembered where I was going with this story as well. I was like, okay, why don't you work part-time? You know, that was the the argument there. She's like, well, I need the money. And it was like, okay, well, why do you need the money? You're living in in an apartment in the middle of Sydney, you know? Maybe if you had a roommate, okay, you know, all of a sudden there's a whole heap of money coming in. Maybe you can take a few shifts off, a few sessions off. You know, hey, maybe you don't need to live in the middle of Sydney, you know, go and move, you know, 30 minutes out of, of Sydney or whatever, and it's cheaper there. And then you can take a, a session off or, or whatever it may be. So that's the way there. And even personally with myself, when I was in the, um, when I was working all in the fitness industry, my fitness started to, to suffer, right? And I couldn't sign up for a gym because I was training people every night, you know? Yeah. But then I was like, I was like, hold on, you know, like what's more important to me? You know, my health and fitness is. So I had to, to cancel two nights of work. It's about, mm. you know, two, $300, which is a lot of money for me in those mm. times, you know? So like, I'm going to lose $200, $300 a week in income, and then I'm going to spend another 50 bucks, you know, signing up for a boot camp as well. It was, a, it was a big thing. But as soon as I did that, my business grew because I was, I was happier. I was healthier. I had more energy. I was sleeping yeah. better. I was less anxious, less depressed. So, you know, I I, I, like walking your talk, isn't it? it Exactly. And it's hard. It's hard to walk your talk. Yes, agree. And was there was one more thing I was going to say with time there. Um, and then also, yeah, as you said, priorities. Like, do you really want to be a course creator? You know, like if you're telling me, oh, I don't have you know an hour a day or whatever to work on my business. Do you really want to be a course creator? Do you mm. really want to be an entrepreneur? You know, or do you just half want to do it if it's easy? You know, and if you half want to do it because it's easy, because you think it's easy, it's probably not going to be successful, you know, but if you, you really want to do it, you find a way, you know, is it, do you can one, one-on-one session? Do you get up an hour earlier? Do you, you know, do you, do you cancel your, um, your hour gym class and work out half an hour at home? There's always a way if you really want it. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, so true. And I think, um, you know, while you were talking, I was just thinking, I think we suffer from this sense of being addicted to our story of busy. Mm. So we like, there's a sense of satisfaction in being, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. And it it starts to become almost like a comfort zone for us to be caught up in busy because 
when we are busy and saying we don't have time, we're actually giving ourselves a comfortable reason to not do the discomfort, mm. you know, the uncomfortable things, which is maybe stepping out into this new space where imposter syndrome comes up and all the other stuff. So I think we get this sense of comfortable busy, even though we complain about it, we're actually quite comfortable there. Um, and then like you, walking the talk definitely resonates for me around I need to take regular play breaks and mm. I get really, I like to, I just bang out my day really full on. And I forget that no amazing breakthroughs happen at the desk. I need mm. to be out, whether it's walking the dogs on the beach, whatever it is, I need to be away from the desk and build that into my schedule. And I don't prioritize that. I don't get the creative breakthroughs. And that's a, a challenge as well, because you just like say that addicted to busy um, and the I don't have time. <laughs> so we're all in that cycle together. But again, it's just that self-awareness of what's going on and then checking in on, you know, what kind of excuse is coming up for me on this one and why. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Yes, agree. Um, awesome. All right, cool. Well, I think there's some three good tips there, Lisa. There's just mm. a few questions I like to always end this podcast with. The first one is around course hosting platforms. Now, my opinion, it doesn't really freaking matter. They're all good. They've all got advantages. They've all got disadvantages. Uh, I've got my favorites, but I'm curious to hear if you've got a favorite platform or what platform you host your courses on. Oh, such a topical, pertinent question because I'm actually in transition. So I'm I'm breaking up with my current platform and I'm moving to a new platform. So this is like, oh, <laughs> the first time I publicly told people this. But um, I'm currently, I've been hosting on Teachable yep. for probably three years. Yep. And, um, but I've, I've just found that there's a level of um, limitation around what I want to do um, with the ease I want to do it so yep. I'm not a particularly techie person so I chose teachable because it was super easy and it yeah. has been very easy to use but then there are certain things that I just feel like I have multiple different tech having to yeah. integrate into that so I'm actually moving to Simplero okay. so I've got a couple of friends who are, you know, I've coached them with their courses. They've gone with Simplero and they are evangelical about the platform. <laughs> so I'm like, it looks good. It seems amazing. I like how easy it is. And I've got a network to support me. And I think this is actually a really great point is that mm. who can support you, um, you know, in helping if you need some tech help have you got someone in your back pocket and um that's a, a good reason to choose a platform because you do you know need some support at times yes interesting okay so i because i've got two businesses right i've got my yep. fitness education business and my course creator community business in the fitness education online business so i still use teachable uh -huh. i started same reason as yourself hey it's easy it's got everything i need yes. 
But really, it's not just Teachable I use there. It's Teachable, it's ClickFunnels, it's ActiveCampaign, it's Zapier. You know? yes. <laughs> yes. about, and it, it actually adds up, but I'm too deep now. I've got like 40 courses in, in that side of things there. For me to change all of that would be a mm. nightmare. Um, but with the course creator community, I use New Zenla. And I really like that because it's it's all in one. It's got everything I need there. Mm. So I would, if, if anyone, and this is just my personal take, right? Um, if anyone's listening to this and is starting, you or only has like one or two courses, I'd re- I like New Zealand. We'll check out Simplaro as well, obviously. Mm. Um, but that's the limitation for like a teachable. You know, it's mm. like, it's not just teachable you're getting, you know, no. it's, it's numerous different things there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's it. I'm I'm I've never in my in courses that connect, I never teach to a single platform. Mm. I'm very much about um it, you need to work out what's right for you. And I'm pretty keen on first time course creators using like a minimum viable product model. Yeah. So really simplifying because a tech is another mindset block that comes up and says, I can't do the tech, so therefore I can't move forward. And it's actually yeah. like, let's take that away. Let's actually remove the tech and do it all via Facebook and email. Yeah. Now can you do it? And it's like, actually, now I know something else is holding you back. It's not the tech. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely for um, early course creators, less tech is more um mm. once you get deeper into the launching and and the strategy and stuff you will want to build out on a, a more advanced platform i think yes agree okay next question is around mentors so you're obviously a mentor for plenty of people out there lisa that want to create their online courses i'm curious to who your mentors have been and if you could answer this in a few different ways if you could give us a book that you read and you recommend every course creator should read uh, if you could give us an unpaid mentor, so someone you've never paid money to, but you mm-hmm. follow them on Instagram, you watch their YouTube videos, you're in their Facebook group, whatever it is, uh, and then a paid mentor. So someone that you've paid money to and they've either, you've either done their course or they've, they've been your business coach. Mm. All right. I'm going to answer that in reverse order. That's <laughs> <laughs> the easiest one to come to mind. So my paid mentor over the years, I've had numerous different mentors, um, but I um, work at the moment with Jo Bendel, who is a, um, she's a UK uh, coach. She's actually originally a productivity coach, but um, I didn't go to her for productivity. I went to her because she's now realized, like so many of us, that productivity is actually about mindset. Yeah. And so now she brings, she's really just the most awesome mindset coach that has amazing productivity tools. So I love that. She keeps me super accountable. And um, that's been a really awesome sort of investment this year. Um, in terms of someone I follow, I'm following an absolutely fantastic copywriter at the moment. Now I'm going to just have to, um, her name's Danny, but I can't remember her last name off the top of my head. So but um, I think she's uh, in the US, but she does storytelling. So originally in my business, I was a copywriter. That's where I started um, back, you know, five years ago. So I'm still very heavily into copy and messaging, and especially in relation to our launches. And um, I'm in great admiration of, of brilliant copywriters because you know when you do it well and when you can teach others it's a fantastic skill but what yeah. Danny does really well is um share some amazing like so you can sign up to her email list and just follow her and she'll give you some amazing tips on storytelling emails so especially for email nurture sequences so nurturing people into your lead magnet and into your audience or converting people through your emails in pre-launch and sales emails. Um, The storytelling skills that she demonstrates every time she writes an email are just brilliant. And um, 
And then what was the, the first whoa, whoa, whoa. one you started you, you, off with? Remind you got me. A, you, you got a surname for her so we can check her I'm out? I'm just going to, I'm just Danny Page. So okay. P-A-I-G-E. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Yes, really worth following. Um, and yeah, what was the first question? First one was book. The book. Oh, I think the book, I, I read this and then I bought everybody a copy. So it's probably going to have to be the most influential is The Big Leap. Okay. So it's, so we just get the surname of the guy. Bear with me. I'll, I'll do a bit of a summary while Lisa's doing that. So, oh, you got it there. There we go. Um, Gay Hendricks. So um, it's got a really distinctive cover with the goldfish jumping out of a little bowl into a big bowl. Okay. So, um, but yeah, so that book was just all about your upper limits. And um, it's very relevant to course creators as we hit those upper limits around whether it's money, mindset, and all those bits. So I think um, definitely that was one that as I start to feel resistance, I'm really conscious of that. And that's made me super aware of, um, you know, how that's playing out and, and what your success, you know, like you're kind of, you're primed for a certain level of success and how your tolerance for success has to be incrementally increased mm. or you just hold yourself back at the same level. So, yeah, really fascinating. Love it. Yeah, I agree. If you if you think you're a hundred thousand per dollar person, you're gonna make a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. You think you're a million dollar person, you're gonna make a million dollars. You think you're a ten million dollar person, you're gonna make ten million dollars, you know? So it's how can we how can we have that leap there? I, I don't think I've read it. I've heard that book. I was trying to look on my bookshelf there. Mm. I don't think I've read it. So I'm gonna have a better look when we get off this call. And if I don't have one, I'm gonna buy it straight away because I've heard a few people recommend that yeah it's on audio as well i'm a big fan of audio books so it's um one that is not too challenging to listen to um it, it, i've had the paperback as well so i can kind of cross-reference yeah. but i find some of the um really great books are challenging on audio because there's lots of activities to do yeah. during them whereas this one's a really just a good listen as well well i'll definitely check that one out there was danny page yeah i think copywriting's when it comes down to it probably the most important marketing skill you know mm -hmm. it, it may not be the most important to start with because there's mm -hmm. so many things you got to learn right um, but i think long term it's it's probably the most important because it's like yeah. if you can write good copy you're going to get people reading your facebook posts then you're going to get people reading your emails then you're going to get people reading your sales page you know and if you don't have that copywriting it's it's hard to scale. You know, you obviously nice. can get on, you can do Zoom calls, webinars, you know, um, chatting the DM and all that stuff's good, but that takes time. You yeah. know, if you're a good copywriter, it's just so much easier to scale. So I yeah. think that's... I and mean, I find that once we've got a course, so initially we're all, we're focused on how to get the course created and then mm -hmm. how to get it out to our audience and then how to sell it once or twice. But once you've sold your course once or twice, and you're like you say you're scaling it's often about that messaging yeah. and attracting the right people and you've got all the right pieces of the puzzle in play but something's off on the messaging from the beginning of your funnel to the close and it's like that's where that gift of you know going through that and, and with a fine tooth comb really and I'm seeing that overarching messaging coming through um, and that's my other love I'm, I'm a copy coach as uh, alongside my course creation activities that's my um you know where my copywriting led eventually into into the coaching side of things so yeah that's exactly right it's such an important set of skills agree and then there was the paid mentor yeah so what I like about your paid mentor what I've found is a lot of the mindset experts that have just studied mindset 
it's something a bit off, you know, but if it's like, not always, but sometimes, right? Mm. But a lot of the time, if someone's successful, the major reason they were successful is because of their mindset. And it Mm. just so happens that you're like, man, I want to, a lot of the mentors that I've picked have been because of their mindset. I'm like, this, this person has a mindset that no matter what they did, they'd be successful. That's what I want to learn. Yeah. You know, I'm going to hire this person to mentor me. Even if they're a business mentor, I'm mainly going there to see how they look at things and how their mind works. So I think that's important. That's where I think a lot of the, the true mindset coaches come in, right? They've yes. been successful in a business already. They've probably been a business coach. And then they're like, hold on, it all comes down to mindset. Let me say, share the mindset things that have helped me run this business as opposed to the strategy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's it. You know, productivity tools are not exciting. I would not have been signing up for that. I would have been like, yeah, something else. But when she wrapped that around, you know, the why of what you're doing and why you're not connecting and whatever, that was what was really speaking to me. Because to me, that solves the problem and its root cause. And it just translates across all the other aspects of your business. Yes, I agree. Awesome. Well, Lisa, I could talk to you all day, but I want to be sensitive of of your time. That's pretty much all I wanted to cover today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to, or is there anything you want to finish us off with? Oh, great question. Um, So I would, um, what would I love you to ask me that you didn't ask? Goodness. Um, I think where I'd love to be in three years' time. Yeah, there we go. Where would you love to be in three years' time, Lisa? I would love to be running my business from my own yacht sailing around the world. Mm, love it. I hope to be a blue nomad someday with my husband. And um, I've been designing my business to move around the world with me and um, be location independent. So hence that move away from that one-to-one done for you service of copywriting and into that more one-to-many service of coaching and courses. So yeah, the the dream is alive. This year, it was the year we hope to actually um, be on board at some point and um, starting to build towards a blue nomadic future. Love that. Well, I'll keep an eye out on your social media. And yeah, sure. Post, you know, I'll like it multiple times and be like, you know what? I interviewed Lisa three years ago. She <laughs> told me this and here she is. <laughs> yeah. And when we sail into Sydney, let's hook up in person. <laughs> Sounds awesome. All right. Well, Lisa, thank you very much for your time. Everyone listening, make sure to go and check out Lisa's podcast. It's the Courses That Connect podcast. So go and check that out. Um, Lisa, I'm going to leave you to it. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.